0: Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he's never seen a
1: Mandalorian before, it's Arturo Zurita! I may have never seen a Mandalorian, but you want to know what I have seen, Zach? What have you seen? You want to know what I have smelled, Zach? <laughs> These what new candles from Morning Co. Candles! <laughs> uh, I guess this would be the time to shout it out, since uh, what more appropriate time than the actual week where we get the Disney Plus services. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Zach, go ahead. Morton & Co., uh, that's our sponsor for
0: this episode. Good friends of us here at the Intercut Podcast. Mort and Co. themed candles are the happiest scents on earth and they're available to you through their Etsy shop. Just search Mort & Co. on Etsy for a wide array of scented candles, mm. a lot of which are based on your favorite Disney properties, yep. including
1: what you got over there, Art. Uh, this is the light side. Uh, I had mentioned it in the past. I don't have the dark side because that's clearly what our household liked the most. That's like the peppermint uh, <laughs> smelling one. This one smells like the good the good side. It smells like Ray. It smells yeah. like you know all of the good people that you would hope to root for. But, yeah, they, had a, they have a bunch of candles over there, uh, and they proudly sponsor us over here on Intercut. And really good friends of ours over in California. They are big Disneyland fans, and it literally shows. They're huge Star Wars fans. That's why I think it's very exciting because we know them personally. Right. Uh, to make a candle, and you've also grown up with Star Wars, and now, like, you're deciding what that smell is supposed to be? I wouldn't trust anybody else more than them. And, uh, yeah, they hit they hit it with these. I know they have some other Star Wars ones coming, but if you click th- the link down below, they have uh, a candle of the month. I can't remember what this one is. But you do get a discount with it, so shout out to them. Uh, especially because now that Disney Plus is live, you were telling me, like, you, you might as well just get a candle for every... Make it a yeah. 4D experience. They you got, got it in you 4K, got-
0: The vault is open. You can match your candles with whatever Disney property you want. It's it's all
1: set. We'll get to the vaults in a little bit. What do we got to talk about today, Zach? Uh,
0: Well, in a little bit, we're going to talk about Disney+, and we're also going to talk about Nickelodeon on streaming, as well as a potential Friends reunion, uh, but first we want to make sure you're subscribed to the InterCut podcast, either the video podcast mm-hmm. on youtubecom slash pod or the audio podcast available on most podcatchers. Also, follow InterCut on social media, whether that's Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. We are at InterCut Pod. That's at InterCut Pod. That's short for podcast wow. art. Let's start the show the way we start it every week here with what we're watching. <sighs>
1: what you been watching buddy not the famous jet jackson because they didn't release that on disney plus but we'll get to the disney plus stuff i saw something that will be streaming in households all over america because theaters didn't want to didn't it was a disgrace i guess to screen this in theaters you got to see it early we have a whole let us explain on it uh not too spoilery because i still went in and i i I know right i didn't want to ruin the ending for you you did not ruin the ending for me it is based off of a true story well i guess we'll get into that but into a bit but uh the irishman i did my due diligence you did your due diligence we sat there what what side of your cheeks felt it first it was my left one was kind of feeling a little off that day oh my goodness did you see by yourself i think it's because i saw it with alina so i was just leaning more this way you (laughs) feel it uh but when i did my due diligence you get out of the theater man no bathroom breaks if this, when this, this is playing at the what is it the Bellagio the the Bellasio the Broadway theater uh, in New York Blasco the, okay there are they doing an intermission because they might as well no nope, they are not oh my god I saw a network there network was less than the running time of this movie and I still got an yep. intermission um, that said fantastic I couldn't even think of a minute yeah. I leave the theater and I see. I really just sat there for three hours and 29 minutes and I wouldn't cut a second. Um, it, it moves very
0: quickly for a film that's over three hours long, particularly at once the movie gets going. Um, you know, I made mm-hmm. this point in our Let Us Explain that I c- kind of feel like the movie picks up a bit once they introduce Al Pacino, who is not yeah. in the first like 60, 70 minutes of this movie.
1: And then by the time the movie's done, you're like, oh, of course, he was the main character. He was he was, he was in it the whole time. He's not right. in it for the entire, like, first hour of the movie. Yeah. Uh, shot impeccably. I'll get into the CGI stuff later. Uh, but the story is just great. We had mm-hmm. just seen Goodfellas right before. Alina had never ca- caught it in its entirety. So so we sat there. We had the, uh, the Blu-ray. I didn't have the 4K yet. But we saw the mm-hmm. Blu-ray of it. That movie in and of itself, two hours and a half, that flies by, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so we went from literally two and a half hours. The movie ends. We're... Go straight to the theater, right? Sit for another three. And a half. It was just a Marty Scorsese type of day, um, and, and that's a really interesting
0: pairing. Uh, pairing yes. Goodfellas kind of like his biggest crime mob epic with Irishman, which has a bit of a different tone. Um, so I'm it curious does, what you felt about the pairing of those two movies.
1: It elevates it. Yeah, this. Is, so once upon a time in Hollywood, when we all saw it, what else were we getting out of it? This is his goodbye. This is his love. For, Martin Scorsese, same thing when I'm seeing this movie. This is all of his mobster movies that he made coming to the conclusion uh, for this. What did you call it? Like, Because this isn't like... It's not promoting... And none of his movies really promote the mobster no, it's life. It's a
0: reckoning, you know? It, it's yeah. coming to terms with a legacy of violence. The way that I think his characters in The Irishman have to come to terms with the violence that they've uh, enacted on other people... It feels like Scorsese is doing that in a way by coming to terms with the violence that he's put on screen and the way that, you know, you could argue he's glorified violence in a lot of his
1: movies. Oh, a lot of people do say that. (laughs) Um, The CGI... I noticed it sometimes on Robert De Niro the most. Yeah. And that's only – and and Alina did a research on this, and and we've done so a lot of the times, you know, be it with Alita. uh, Because that's sometimes what he came off of. You know how Alita has that look where it's like, well, but you know it's not real. It's that – not necessarily photorealistic, but it it starts hitting – and I'm blinking on what the name is. Uncanny Valley. You got it. Yeah, it hits that weird
0: place where it – it seems real, but there's something off that makes it feel wrong. You know what And I think for, for this movie, a lot of it is, like, their stature and the fact that they don't move like old, young people. Yeah. They move like old
1: people. Alina noticed that when she was like, that, there's a point where he's kicking somebody. Yes. Oh my goodness, does he look five years older than what he what he does normally? <laughs> right. And he was supposed to be younger in that scene, but there's uh Alina had searched it up and, and what, what a lot of the visual effects are to say is that the most difficult thing to get is that glimmer off of a human eyeball. It's way too hard to replicate. And it was always when De Niro was like standing for a little bit of a scene and it was just a shadow or the light that they tried to get glimmering on here, and it just it just I don't know. It's the only times I caught it. But in between, three hours and a half, you forget it. You're yeah, that's in the story. You're going with it. It the definitely CGI, feels
0: like it's going to be more of a distraction going in than yes. it is once you sit with it.
1: What he used the CGI for that he got away with was telling everybody, oh, I'm going to de-age him. All right, let's focus on that. No, 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 no. Uh, this isn't spoiling it. But there is hits done in this movie. That's the whole point of it. The original title being?
0: I heard you paint houses.
1: I'm not going to tell you what that's supposed to mean. Maybe you get it oh my goodness, what well you get it in the first five minutes of this movie? And I loved what you said and when I saw it. He, he I guess he Netflix wanted him to two call it the titles. <laughs> Netflix. Was there both titles in your screening? Yeah. One. In theatrical. From what I saw, one theatrical. And okay, well, is- I... I- yeah, no, actually, I don't one. know
0: if the Irishman comes up on screen. Maybe it does at the end.
1: It's almost like they told him we have to market it as the Irishman, and we will right. give you the 150 whatever million dollars that they gave him. He's like, all right, but, and I can control anything in the movie. Yes, but we have to market it. Cool, but I can control everything in the movie. <laughs> he just puts a different title. It's like seeing uh, Edge of Tomorrow, and he's like, okay, I'm still going to put All You Need is Kill. Right. I love that. The CGI here, Forget the Faces, he put all the attention on there because the actual kills in this movie, up close and personal with no cuts, seeing a body just fall flat after walking up to them on the corner of a street. There's a bun, about a dozen of those. So that's not a spoiler. That's a warning in case you're not expecting to see that. That's where he – because that's not in the other movies. Right. In other Scorsese movies, you'll there's, see them just missing. This felt the, like actual hits being done. There's – a a
0: stylishness to the way that Scorsese typically directs his violence that is absent in the Irishman. It's a lot clunkier. It's a lot more, uh, brutal and not elegant, you know? And I think that's, that's, much more in line with the type of movie he's done.
1: Rough, dude. I, if I saw anyone with a newspaper as soon as I walked out, I'm walking the other way. I don't want to say to hi- hide anyone on the corner. This is the most brutal violence I think he's had on screen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I don't want to spoil the ending, but it all leads to a, and I was warned about this. There is one character who has one line in the movie, really. And when she says it, you're like, that's it? Then you sit with it with a little bit, and you realize what she was asking wasn't the question she was asking, but the first part of the question, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. What did you think of the ending? Like, the ending ending?
0: The very end of the film? I without I was spoiling end. it?
1: Yeah, I thought I was going to end during a call, but it ends uh, during something else. I
0: mean, I think the ending does a good job of emphasizing uh, the state in which... The Robert De Niro's character's life has left him. You know, uh, the, the the reason they show the de aging is to give you a full sense of his life from when he was young until his old age, right? Mm-hmm. And you see that you see that all the things he's done through his life has left him to this moment. And is that really like what he thought was going to happen? Is that really what he wanted to happen? Was it worth um, it at the end of it? Was it worth it? Um, and I'll, I'll save people the the specifics of what actually happens and what he's feeling, but I think that's what the the movie ultimately is about. Like it, it's coming to terms with what you've done and who you are and what's what lasts, and uh, it's it's pretty devastating.
1: Yeah, that's the best way to wrap it up. Uh, yeah. It will be on Netflix. Don't worry. That is a perfect place to watch it. If you do feel you need to do your due diligence to cinema, uh, hopefully it's playing near you. That's the worst part. I, I wish more people, you know, just because if you want to watch it, I wish you had the opportunity to watch it in theaters, you know, regardless yeah. of which butt cheek ends up hurting first. But, yeah, dude, I loved it. I love. I really loved it. I can't wait I'm to watch glad. it again. I'm uh, really what did you, glad it. That- what do you watch? Uh, Well, what, my, what I've been watching,
0: I'm going to go with a slightly... Uh, unconventional one but I think you gave us video games a week or two back and I'm going to yes, go with I a specific did. video game uh, have you heard anything about Death Stranding
1: bro that's practically just a movie tell me I've heard weird things that's the problem I've heard too many things it is
0: very weird uh, you it's bought the it?
1: latest game
0: yeah I, I couldn't I couldn't resist I was PS4? hearing all these really interesting things David Ehrlich was reviewing it for some reason got an early just... copy I just had. I-, I wanted to get in and see what this whole thing was about. It's the latest game, I believe. Uh, the The name of the game maker is Hideo Kojima. He's uh, Legend. responsible for the Metal Gear Solid franchise. Yes, uh, this is a-, a departure of sorts for uh, for him, although it's definitely got elements that uh, people who've played the Metal Gear games will recognize. Uh, this is a game set in a like alternate. Uh, apocalyptic future mm-hmm. where there are ghosts and there are fetuses in in, in like omnifluid sacks that can sense the ghosts and you are a delivery man like traversing and building a highway across America it is this really really bizarre collection of ideas uh, and it's really out there in a way that's kind of like campy almost. Um it it's got an really? eccentricity to it to it that I think will be familiar to people like us who've seen Asian cinema. Uh yeah. you know, Hideo Kojima, one of the things that's kind of interesting about the game is he's wearing his influences on his sleeves. There's a lot of references to uh games and literature and movies and stuff like that that uh it, it is so clearly seen in the depiction of this uh, but because the the essential gameplay is walking across the map and like mm. delivering things, it leaves a lot of time and space to kind of just experience uh, the the atmosphere and the cinematics. There's cutscenes that take basically like an hour to get through, where you're not even really controlling anything. And it, what? Yeah, it, it's so it. I think that's where it gets this reputation of being somewhere between a video game and a movie movie, but it still is a video game. There still is, uh, an interactive nature to it. I'm not far enough in where I feel like I have a, a full grasp of the story, but I'm really intrigued by the world building. It's one of those, it's, Almost like Watchmen in the way that we were talking about it last week, where it feels like there's a world bigger than what they are showing me, and I'm okay. really excited to keep digging in and figuring out. The All art right, is really that. beautiful in it. Uh, there's a lot of actors that you'll recognize. Norman Reedus is the star mm-hmm. of the game. Leia Sadu is in it. Uh, hey. There's cameo appearances from directors like Edgar Wright and Jordan Vote Roberts for some reason. I, I don't know. I'm excited to report back when I'm a little bit further, but so far I'm just really appreciating uh, the feel of it, the the sort of like melancholic, uh, you know, what is it, uh, uh, a philosophical nature of the game, just how how uh, pensive it is as a game, rather it, and how laid back it is rather than forward. I feel like games a lot of times are trying to throw a lot of interesting stuff at you, and this is sort of... Letting you figure it out and yeah. come to it, um so I'm really enjoying that experience, and it's kind of been keeping me from most of my non uh Disney plus watching, which we'll get yeah. into a little bit later, but you said you,
1: you said you got it for your PlayStation?
0: yeah, I think it's only available for PlayStation four, but okay. maybe somebody in the comments can correct me
1: uh two questions because yeah. it seems like you are recommending it oh yeah, and I still uh, don't know anything of what you're talking about. I have no idea what the game's about two questions. I, t- yeah uh one does Jordan have the beard?
0: I haven't gotten to his part, but I think he posted a picture on Twitter where he does have the beard.
1: that's good two yes uh, comparing it between a video game and a movie. Have right. you how many hours have you put into this? uh maybe less than ten at this point, so okay. not not enough. within those ten hours, did you pick up your control more times than when you were watching Bandersnatch? Uh, maybe equal <laughs> Wow Okay Yeah Marty was right uh, We don't know What to look, call this next stage of cinema
0: Look I mean uh, The we, the way that I'm recommending Death Stranding Is because I think it's Unlike a lot of games That I've partic- that I've played I think it's really great At capturing mood In a okay. way that cinema Is typically better at Than video games Although there are some Ooh, Video games
1: that are good at it That's a good That's I'm, the line right there That's the line at the back Of the cover right there <laughs> Yeah yeah, I uh, know. I'm excited. So, I re- yeah. I remember seeing this yeah. years ago, the trailer when hit with him. Holding yeah, I think the it's fetus. like
0: three or four years in development.
1: Yeah, yes. I thought the game wasn't coming out. I remember people like, oh, OK, we're, we're going to do the fetuses for Halloween and stuff. And now the game's right. out. So that's pretty there's
0: cool. There's invisible monsters and stuff. It, it's I'm really bizarre, it. but
1: well, I'm glad uh, you brought I'm it. I'm really up into it. Yeah, I was going to buy it. But now that you've mentioned it for sure, for okay. sure
0: so uh, we're gonna have to circle back to Death Stranding when we're both a little bit further mm-hmm. into it but let us know what you've been watching or maybe what you've been playing let us know if uh, my Death Stranding comments are completely out of there because I'm not as much of a gamer as I'm sure some of our audiences uh, let us know it on comments in YouTube or shooting us an email the address for that is intercutpod at com. we are gonna move on to the yay or nay where we break down the latest happenings in entertainment starting with Nickelodeon mm-hmm. has Experimented with putting their content on Netflix and licensing out different platforms. You may have caught the *Rocco's Modern Life* movie or the *Invader Zim* movie, both of which uh, landed on Netflix earlier this year. But Nickelodeon and Netflix are making their partnership real uh, by by agreeing to continue to produce more content and. Uh, licensing Nickelodeon content to Netflix this is the latest in a series of pairing up between kids channels and streaming platforms obviously the Disney channel has migrated its way onto Disney plus and Mm -hmm. not so long ago Cartoon Network announced that its shows would be streaming on HBO max so art really yay or nay yes yay or nay Uh, Nickelodeon moving into a deal with Netflix is a big get for Netflix. The biggest.
1: What are the three uh, animated networks you know?
0: Right. I I mean, for kids, it's like Nickelodeon, Disney, and Cartoon Network.
1: Boom. Boom. So now we got one mm-hmm. over here, we got one over there, we got one over there. Uh, as we've been saying even earlier when it came to the streaming wars, is that you got to pay attention to all these little subtle, you know. So when we talk about Oscars and people go, well, I think the best movie is this. No, 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 no. Who's campaigning? Look at the awards. You know you know the statistics of what to look at. What's wrong with these festivals? All right, well, now let's look at it from the streaming wars type of thing, which has officially been labeled streaming wars, as we talked about before the show. Uh, yeah. Within these streaming wars, every single person has a provider of some sort. HBO is partnered with at and Verizon has Disney. That's how I'm using Disney. Uh, Netflix has T-Mobile, though. It's one of the lesser ones. Everyone has a big property with them. They snatched up Simpsons. Disney did. Uh, mm-hmm. HBO Max snatched up... Uh, what was their... Studio there? Ghibli.
0: Simpsons.
1: And South Park and all these other things. Yeah. They also have Friends. Uh, NBC is getting... Um, the Office, they all need something right. besides their originals that people already know. Disney's obviously set for life. Uh, HBO's got all the Warner stuff. So it's interesting that Netflix was able to at least snatch up all the Nickelodeon stuff. I'm not exactly sure because Nickelodeon still wants to create their own streaming platform for their older stuff if they're going to be able to mm-hmm. get everything. But it's interesting to see that uh, with the success of the Invader Zim special, with the success of the Rocco's one, which Rocko's I think had special. a a moderate amount of uh, views that came in, what they have in store for new content. And I think that's a good thing.
0: We've been talking about how the streaming networks are trying Mm -hmm. to compete over these different intellectual properties, snapping them up, how Netflix gets a majority of their viewers from the office and from friends, both of which are leaving their platform soon. So Netflix is particularly looking for other ways to, to, get things that people are familiar with to bring them into the platform. Now that they're losing access to all these Marvel movies, now that they're losing access to all these other types of content. Um, So this is, I think a very big deal considering that, you know, like you said, there only are three of these uh, kids animation networks, at least for us in America Mm -hmm. uh, that are producing the most of this uh, children's content that people are into. And, you know, a big factor I think in the, the the burgeoning streaming wars is going to be when parents start to utilize this as their children's entertainment. You know, people are going to grow up on Netflix, on HBO Max, on Disney that Plus. That's wild. They they already are in some ways. Like I know my my nieces are are you know, all always on Netflix. They don't watch regular TV. Big so, fans. Uh, yes, although I think that's in secret. <laughs> uh, but you know, that's the thing is that you. I mean it's it sounds it's sounds uh, cynical, but you get them while they're young, and uh, it's true. I'm surprised it's that Amazon or somebody didn't put in a bigger order for this because we've seen Netflix and Amazon and all these streaming networks are trying to produce original kids content for in sure. the hopes that they'll get children, but. If there's already a built-in audience, yes. I am mean, just think about you know the way that SpongeBob SquarePants memes yep. dominate the internet, and now Nickelodeon potentially is—I a- mean, N- Netflix rather potentially has access right? to that's all of that. That's Huge.
1: That that's staying relevant within the culture, as we were saying. Every single one, uh, sure, they're going to create new content, but every single one needs something. Like we said, we're talking raunchy cartoons. Netflix is the only one with their original one being Big Mouth, but everybody else has South Park. Mm-hmm. Simpsons, they all have their big nostalgic show. Friends, Office, uh, Stranger Things. I'm really hoping that Netflix is able to stay in the bunch because there's all these different things keep sprouting up. I was like, I don't know, AT and T and Verizon are pretty big, but I guess T-Mobile's big enough, you know, t- to be with it. They all have their their providers. They all have their series that they stick with. Uh, yeah. As much as I'm not a fan of there being so many, it seems to me kind of like um, we had a lot of music streaming services before we settled down to our. To our handful that we have, which I would say the three right now is still Title, Apple, Spotify, in right. that order, um, and I prefer Apple but Yeah, I mean, I think there's the same other come there's other ones
0: out there. Uh, you know, there are people who pay for SoundCloud, and I think there's, there's stuff like sure. Deezer and stuff. So you know, there will Fine. be other ones. There will but be other ones. I, I think you're I think you're right in in identifying this idea that there are usually like three maybe two or yes. four dominant ones towards the top and as all these streaming networks uh sort of launch and get into the game uh i think we're seeing them jockey for position in who's some ways
1: here? who's not here in 2022 or 2025 right. i'll even give or them the next is, one who do you think or who's
0: not elite you know
1: who? uh i'm asking this is this is this was questions on you which one i have one <laughs> oh yeah Apple TV, I don't see it. I, I don't see it. Literally, I don't see I don't it either. Watch it. I don't see it either. Yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. Like you No, don't we see talked it a little bit last yeah.
0: we talked a little bit last week about how the the launch wasn't that great and I do think they're going for a long-term play, but I don't I don't know if that's It sounds like work. they're going
1: for a long-term play. Uh, I don't know if you heard the numbers from there. Uh, they were supposed to go 1 billion in terms yeah. of new content. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how that ended up with 6. So there's 6 yeah. billion in. The only thing with them and the reason that I'm I'm I, I feel I'll be proven wrong. I don't see it in the content, but you said they have a long-term play. And they will be the other company, like Sony, Apple, who is creating, who is a tech company first, I would say, and now is able to do uh, media entertainment type of stuff. So we'll see. I don't know.
0: Right, right. Uh, Speaking of the different... Intellectual properties friends is set to potentially have a 25th anniversary reunion on HBO Max a long rumored reunion special which has been in the works since NBC apparently wanted it Uh, recently Jennifer Aniston after joining Instagram uh, delivered a picture of the friends gang uh, getting together and it seems like there is some interest in something reuniting for for a one time special. HBO Max did shell out hundreds of millions of dollars to snatch friends away from Netflix so recently. So Art, yay or nay, do you think this will ultimately be a, as big of a deal as the streaming networks seem to think it will be? Yes. Yeah? There's that good that much interest in, in a friends reunion.
1: I I I'm
0: just playing devil's
1: advocate here. I'm I'm you live in New York. You ever gone yeah. to the house? They didn't even film it in the house. It's just the outside of the house. Right, right. People snapping pictures every single time I've gone to New York. Why? Because my ass there too, taking people to go see it. I took my sister there to go see it. They love it. Right. Uh, they had the pop-up shop over here. The act, I think, I'm, I'm maybe, you know, don't quote me on this. I think it was the actual couch. It was a lot of the memorabilia. Yeah. Sold out. Those tickets were sold out way in advance. This thing is massive. Now ask me whether it's going to be good. And does that matter? I don't know. But man, snatching Friends, as we know, was a huge – dude, that's all we talked about last December when, mm-hmm. it was, when Netflix was going to lose it. Now they really right. are losing it. But you're telling me that HBO is going to sprinkle in something even better? They don't just have Friends. They also have the reunion that people have been asking for. There's only one right. thing that I think can top that, the offices, because they're at least still around their age,
0: Yeah, closer no, I, than I, Friends is. That that's a good point. That the office is another reunion that people have been sort of hungry for, and, and maybe is potentially uh, going to happen sometime in the future. Oh, but yeah. oh, I, you for know, this sure. is this is kind of a brilliant move on HBO Max's behalf because, like, <laughs> it's genius like i you know i have friends available to me on netflix right now i'm not personally watching it it's just not something that i am that interested in but look you you bring friends onto your network and it's like not only do we have this old stuff but we got some new stuff too and you That's get people wild. a little bit you give them yeah. a taste you get them a little bit hungry and then yeah. they, they they have to sign up i don't know uh it's a smart it's a smart move I'm surprised, I'm really surprised at Friends' continued success, but it's Why? huge.
1: It's not the best, it's just not oh, the best. Oh, okay, yes, I agree with you, are we getting into the In Living Color, all that? Yeah, I agree with you in the same sense, but it is, it just becomes, yeah. you know? Out yeah, of all the action blockbusters out there, it happens people to be who... that... People you know? who
0: weren't even alive when Friends was on seem to be yeah. love it still. So as long as it's got that that passion, I'm sure uh, it'll do huge numbers. I agree with you. Last week, we spoke about the Nigerian entry into the international feature competition at the Oscars. Mm-hmm. Lionheart being disqualified for being mostly in English. This week, we have another Nigerian film, in a sense. It's the Austrian Oscar entry Joy being disqualified this time. Joy uh, centers on Nigerian sex workers in Austria. And again, as the official language of Nigeria is English, a uh, vast majority of the film is in English. So uh, despite this movie coming from Austria featuring Nigerian, Nigerians, it will not be able to uh, compete in the academy awards international feature competition art yay or nay the rule needs to be changed sooner rather than later
1: i agree and yeah. i'm really glad you, i did not hear about this one but i'm really glad you brought it up because after we had that discussion you know when i went i i had seen uh, talks and threads about it elsewhere and someone had brought up from uh, nigeria and they had said that they were trying to correct people, saying like, "No, stop fighting for this movie. You guys are just fake." And you know, you know, like when you click on someone's account and you go, like, "Do they have a point?" And then you click on their right. account, and it's like the first thing I see is a video of a woman getting slapped. I was like, I, "You don't know what you're talking about." But the person's right. claim was that because they were from Nigeria and they were like posting the rules, it's like you guys are wrong, but you're trying to play whatever advocate um, right. for Nigeria, but you don't really care for it no what are you talking the filmmakers themselves from both of these movies I I can't speak for the second one but for the first one were arguing specifically for that purpose it's uh, how can I compare it to something probably YouTube rules right YouTube allows a copyright claim to Mm -hmm. be made and gives them 30 days people abuse it at a certain point YouTube is very well aware of it if they don't do anything to change that rule that is allowing an opening you are to blame for it Disney removing movies from theaters and if those institutions end up getting closed, who's to blame for it? Disney, because they allowed it. It's the same thing here with the Academy.
0: This is the first year that this competition or this category, rather, is being referred to as best international feature and Which not up best foreign night. language film. Yes. So if you're going to change the language around what the award is called... It, it makes sense that you would change some of the rules around it, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I understand some of the reservations. Like, I don't think this is necessarily a category that uh, should be open to English films and Canadian, uh, films, uh, Canadian films, films that are in uh, American stuff like that. But but then what happens to those Nigerian films when, like you said, that's the prominent language, right? And, and I think there has to be some kind of like rec- there has to be some kind of acknowledging. Uh, for the gaps in this uh, this rule, or, or or something to to something to cater to these films that people are interested in in, in awarding, because you know we want these films to be in competition, so. You know, to, to have this arbitrary number seems like a weird way of going about it. Like, I know, I think the idea is that if 70% of the film is in English, it doesn't qualify. But, you know, we talked last week about uh, The Farewell being another one that's competing in best foreign language at the Globes. Hey, because it's gonna it's,
1: be an, it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be an interesting topic for the next couple of years until they solidify a rule. Look at film festivals. Yeah. That's not the case at film festivals.
0: Right, right. And it, maybe it says something about the category itself, that there's something flawed in this type of category
1: mm-hmm. uh,
0: that we are even getting into this situation, but it yeah. seems weird that these films would just sort of be stuck in this middle ground where where the, they sorts. can't compete,
1: you know? Yeah, because like you said, Joy and the, the previous one that we had mentioned, those would have been... If you go to TIFF, you know, and you're walking around, and TIFF is very big as being an international festival with an espresso and everything too. Here's the Nespresso uh, capsules from this place, and they have all the African spots and the European spots. They had, a, they would have had a specific spot regardless right. of what the language was. That was the submission from that place. Yeah, farewell was what the U.S. dramatic competition at Sundance. It's nominated yeah. for at the Golden Globes,
0: best foreign, foreign language.
1: So. I personally am siding with the film festival point of it. But at the same time, film festivals objectives are to show you films, which is what I look forward to more than whoring out a campaign to win. Right.
0: Yeah. And, you know, as the world becomes increasingly globalized and as the film industry becomes increasingly globalized, these issues are going to become only uh, harder and harder to separate, you know, that we have we talked briefly about uh, how co-financed films potentially uh, confuses this issue. You know, The idea of Roma competing in best foreign language film I think was controversial to some people given that it had its Netflix backing. So uh, maybe something has to be done about uh, limiting the scale of movies. Like maybe this is like a John Cassavetes type of award where it's only movies under a certain budget uh, can compete <laughs> uh,
1: maybe we'll see
0: who knows we'll see
1: knows? yeah I don't know I don't know the answer to it neither do they but we'll see
0: <laughs> <laughs> obviously Dean uh, James Dean to be resurrected oh, via CGI no. <laughs> for the film Finding no. Jack Dean's family approved directors Anton Ernst and Tati Goldick to use Dean's likeness for a Vietnam War action drama he's set to play a supporting actor in the film he named Rogan play
1: nothing he's dead.
0: The production will use archival footage and photos as well as employing a voice actor for its recreation art. Yay or nay, the future is fucking scary.
1: I have sounded like a broken record and I get made fun of all the time because there's one bit where I sound like a conspiracy theory theorist through all my videos. And I've been making it ever since the Congress came out. I've been very big on this. I've made multiple videos. Recently as Gemini Man going on my tangent, right? Like, (laughs) yo, this stuff is freaky. Yeah. When I woke up that morning, and saw this BS on my timeline.
0: <laughs> I, it, it's just—it's so bizarre. And wait, hold on.
1: Do we need to explain why this is not right? <laughs> like, I don't know how else to put it. No, we—I don't think we do.
0: And but the thing that I'm sort of struggling with is why you even think this is like a worthwhile decision. Especially, he's uh, going to be a supporting actor in this movie, like that's the thing that's almost baffling to me why not even make why not make James Dean the lead in your movie if you're gonna make a movie with James fucking Dean
1: well you know maybe they were going for the campaign for so long the campaign that they can get (laughs) I didn't realize it was gonna become relevant again (laughs) Is that what's going to fear? Alina, when she read the news, she was like, so let me get this straight. Is this going to go on as IMDb? Like, I'm confused here. <laughs> right. It's like, I, I've heard of, of, what is it, posthumous awards? But never this late. You know what I mean? Like, this is... Yeah, it, this yeah is if this performance far. is good,
0: who who wins the Oscar for it? I don't, I don't want to ask these questions. I don't want to think about these questions. Man. Um, it just seems really strange to make this decision. I mean, uh, you know, we've had uh kind of cgi recreations to an extent in films to an before extent. We're, we're gonna see some kind of uh version of it for uh the rise of skywalker with carrie fisher we've had the paul walker stuff in uh what was it fate of the furious mm-hmm. uh, but but it's this just feels it's this different. feels like on a whole different level those are trying to to provide closing Finish. chapters yes yeah Finish big things. franchises. This is like digging up somebody's grave. Witchcraft. It feels exactly.
1: wrong. Exactly. This is like when uh Stanley out of nowhere comes back from the dead to get verified on verified on Twitter right. Right. to right. promote Dr. Sleep.
0: Uh Stanley Kubrick.
1: S- Stanley, oh what who did I say?
0: Stanley. Or maybe you said Stanley and I
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, Stanley Kubrick. Uh, yeah. Bringing back Stanley Kubrick to have a Twitter, which, mind you, he probably would have never had, too. Right. Twitter didn't exist until, like, years after he was dead. And why would he be on there promoting the movie that's actually not really a sequel to his movie? Right. But Stephen King, who hated his movie?
0: I don't know. Right, but I don't he liked
1: know. it. So, Doctor Sleep in Theaters and whatever this movie is with James Dean coming yeah. out next year. <laughs>
0: uh yeah so finding jack we'll be keeping an eye out for that one but that's about it for yay or nay this week we've got uh let us know what other news you want us to hit yes either send you, us a question or leave us a comment be an inner cutie and leave us some feedback hit us up on social media at intercut email us intercutpod at gmail.com uh, we are going to move on to our topic of the week because it's a mega-sized topic of the week. It's the launch of Disney Plus. Yes, just a week after the yep. launch of Apple TV Plus, we get Disney Plus, uh, and I feel like these are completely different uh, strategies employed by the two companies. Mm-hmm. When Apple TV, we talked about how it's it's hard to get into there's not yeah. a lot of stuff there we're, we're gonna wait and see a, for a lot of it disney plus came yeah. out of the gate with uh opening up the vault putting up a bunch of star wars and marvel content giving us some new originals too uh yep. art you, i know you've been working your way through it what is what are some of your initial thoughts on disney plus as a streaming platform
1: uh, I know one of the first things that I had heard of it was from you about the interface and just opening up the interface on my phone, opening it up on my uh, iPad, opening it on my computer, opening it up on Apple TV, all services that, again, uh, with Apple TV, you would have think would have been easier to use, right, with the right. Apple service. Uh, and Apple TV was confusing because there was already Apple TV. It was like the app that combined all of your services together. Yeah. But now they're transitioning into, no, it's originals, and we want you to buy the services through us. Like when a cable company wants you to get HBO through them instead right. of HBO Now, which is cheaper. Very confusing. Disney Plus? I don't know how it can get any more simpler. You open right. it up. They got the, the feature right up in the front with all of the stuff that comes out for you. And then on top of that, you got... What genre you want You want Disney You want Pixar You want Marvel Like it's I love the interface When you Let's say you click uh, Avengers Endgame Correct And you got three right. little You can watch the movie You have your suggested Which man You know when Netflix Tells you like Oh You saw this movie Suggested And they don't give you The sequel Or like the spin off Or anything by yeah them, yeah They don't yeah. really have The rights to them These people have The rights to everything Man Watching Lady and the Tramp And them going You want to see the original Right You want to see the sequel To the animated Like to have everything Is such a Such a flex. And then I Mm -hmm. love this. The extras. Oh, my goodness. Like, wow. Wow.
0: I I was talking to you about this before we started recording, but I think a lot of the streaming wars uh, are fought not necessarily on the content side, but on the user interface side, on the UI Mm -hmm. side. Because, you know, simply there are programs that are easier to use than others, and we tend to use them more. Netflix mm-hmm. happens to be the easiest I believe of all the streaming platforms to to scroll through, to navigate, to find stuff. You know, people talk about Netflix feeling like an endless uh, sea of content, but at least yes. there's content there. You go to yeah. Apple TV+ Plus and it's like, here's an ad for a movie that's not going to be available until December. Yeah. It, it, there, you go to Amazon and a lot of stuff gets locked out from you. I Disney Disney is similar to Netflix in the sense that it has a bunch of content to feed you now yes. granted uh, I one of the things I noticed in the you know onset is that not a lot of that content is new and original you know if you go to the platform and you say okay I don't feel like watching a Disney movie movie. I don't feel like watching a Star Wars movie. I don't feel like watching a Marvel movie. I'm not going to watch The Simpsons right now. Then you basically got um, 40 Minutes of the Mandalorian and Forky Ask Question and then some other shows that I'm personally not going to watch. What are you
1: uh, like Encore? Starring Kristen
0: <laughs> Bell and Bell? a bunch of people who used to do musical theater? No, not really. No? Uh, oh, but. Okay. <laughs> The thing is, though, like we know, this is the Disney content uh, arm, and they're going to continue to make stuff. And we know there's sh- all the shows that are in the works right now. When Mandalorian is coming out with new episodes weekly, so yep. it's only going to continue to fill out and feel bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, so I-, I feel like just the ease of use um, yes. of Disney Plus, the way that they have. Yes. All the extras, like you mentioned, yes. that people who are film nerds like us and want to hear a director's commentary can yes. access them. You, the way that the subtitles, I don't know if you noticed this, I not the noticed subtitles this are super, super customizable down from the color, font size, font type. It, it, it's just really easy to interact with um, in a way that I think will make it, make it easier for, for anybody to try and... Uh, you know, experience content on. I feel like they've already got to step up on uh, services like Hulu and Amazon just based on this alone.
1: I want to get into the new stuff and I want to get into the nostalgia bit because you said that's really what they're writing on if you have it right now. And I want to get to that in a bit. I still want to stick with Interface. The fact that you can download right off the get-go. Something that HBO still has yet to provide. Something that uh, Hulu Netflix was like, look. took years well, to. Netflix took years to. But once they got it, you know, we are just like, Hulu, what are you waiting on? Did I right. think they recently premiered it. Uh, I think Amazon finally has it. I like what you had said about the the subtitles. Because I haven't tested it out here. I always thought it was neat that they have the same thing on Amazon. Mm-hmm. To customize it. Right. But it's like, you have Adobe. Premiere settings, and then you also have, like, Corel settings, you know? I felt like Amazon right. gave you the Corel settings. Uh, Shout-out to Corel. is one of my first editor, <laughs> editing suites that I used. Um, if there's only one thing that I would say... Oh, and another thing, too, uh, dealing with interface, the fact that uh, they're streaming in 4K, Dolby Vision, mm-hmm. HDR10, mm-hmm. stuff that on Netflix you have to pay extra for. You have to yeah. pay the extra money to, to get the 4K streams. Granted, you and I have both said the exact same thing, and we're going to definitely get to the negatives. We know this pricing. The price is not staying. The yes, price is literally yeah. not staying to the point that they're already doing grandfather clauses to get you in. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're doing grandfather clauses, then that clearly is showing us that you're, you're getting ready to change it. I wish the details page allowed me to click Robert Downey, the Russos, right. to go to other stuff. That's the only other bit that I would say there. Um, but I love the collections bit. I love being able to click here on the Disney Channel original stuff and be able mm-hmm. to have all the stuff. that I'm going to go straight to the nostalgia. Um, to have all your collection of movies, VHSs, DVDs, some that have been lost, some that weren't even a great quality, the fact that I can pull up Brink and it looks oh, the best quality that I could have seen it in. No, like I was watching The Other Me. I went straight to the pizza scene, you know? Yeah. Xenon, up, up and away. These things are being hosted by the company who has had the master files and thus isn't some YouTube video where it's playing down here in the corner while there's, like, other stuff happening here so it doesn't get copyright. This is the best quality version of it. Granted, you heard about the Simpsons stuff, right? And the aspect ratios?
0: Yeah, I was going to get into that, but uh, we can we can do that briefly. So the older it. Simpsons episodes, which were in a 4-3 aspect ratio, yes. um, have been stretched, to, their wide screen, to a widescreen format. Uh, I Sadly. retweeted something actually which sh- shows how the widescreen format even like eliminates some of the jokes. It makes some of the jokes... The beer not, one? Yeah, the beer one. It, you, there's a thing with uh, you can't tell where the pipe is leading and that's the joke in this one scene. So uh, that's frustrating particularly because on the FX app uh, you were able to choose between 4.3 and widescreen. Really? My my guess is that my guess is that that will come in the future, considering how customizable other aspects of Disney yeah. are. Uh, but yeah, for now, it's frustrating about the, uh, that the well, Simpsons content is kind of altered in that way. I don't know if you also want to talk about McClunky. I
1: don't know who
0: that is. <laughs> uh, I'm not so sure either. But they decided to add it to Star Wars. So now, so the famous uh, Han Greedo scene, who oh, shot first.
1: the line. Yes. I have not seen it yet. I uh, Again, I am a big of This is going around
0: have, on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, but the often edited and re-edited
1: Han Grito scene. they added a line. That's right. I have not seen what the line is.
0: <laughs> yeah. Greedo now says McClunky for some reason.
1: I, I like the thing on Twitter where they had e- the, the four different versions, which that was really cool, by the way. Uh, how they showed you the original and then the re-edited, then the all 4 and then the new version. I, I couldn't read what it said, but I was like, wow, this is the other thing. And I guess this will lead to our censorship talk as well. Yeah. Does it change it drastically?
0: I mean, it, it's not... This change in particular, I don't think, changes it drastically. It's another in a legacy of what is kind of one of the strangest bits I think in uh, re-editing films history this whole idea of Han shot first and how George Lucas has continually revisited his films which frustrates me as a guy who like is interested in films as a historical feature as as a piece of history Um, but what was your original question again was do you think it changes that scene drastically like you were saying with Right, and, and and I guess that one change doesn't change it drastically to me, um, but... You question why. Yeah,
1: it's it's just bizarre. It is. It's, it's pretty weird. And I have a whole uh, video that I'm working on with director's cuts, because I find that stuff very intriguing. Because it's yeah. honestly just a matter of time until we get that scene, and they're not holding guns anymore. They're holding walkie-talkies. Right. So until we get that scene uh, by Steven Spielberg, remember when he did that with E.T.? <laughs> yep. Uh, we'll see, but there is also the other side of it where it comes to like, that's just a minor change. Uh, some of the movies that aren't playing and stuff like that. Uh, I mean, we mentioned uh, pe- Jackson. Yeah. Well, this is a serious one. I don't know why that one's missing. I-, I don't get, I don't know if there's a rights issue or something, but that was one of the first I went to look for and it wasn't there. Yeah. So it kind of broke my heart, but I'm talking more like people complaining about the South of the something. something um, South, right. It's like some people want it. It's like I'm sure you'd be able to find. Some people are just arguing just to argue. Uh, I-, I am more of the side of instead of altering things, they've done stuff for like Dumbo that's on there. They'll give you a warning ahead of time. That's yeah, give us that. I don't. I'm not a fan of Disney like rearranging history or altering it or stuff like that. It's like yo, if they did something, if they a mistake or whatever it was, show that. Don't just hide it. Don't. Don't hide out history. Like, that's not – no, show why it's wrong. And I, I'd rather have that depiction, uh, that warning at the beginning as opposed to just altering something. So uh, I've heard claims that they're going to do it for a lot of other things uh, and things that they want to redirect. We'll see. There's also yeah. been the vault discussions, which I found very funny as I'm scrolling, and it says, out of the vault. All did you need to put them in there to begin with. But, yeah, right. uh, all of the Fox stuff that they're doing. Um, and I know we had the discussion uh, last week, if not a couple – Ago, I think, yeah. Uh, I don't know. What What are some other thoughts before we get into the new stuff? Well, I mean, I think
0: it's it's going back to the idea of the the content that they have. You know, they've done a really smart thing in kind of creating these channels. You mentioned at the mm-hmm. top, they got yeah, it's really right cool. right from the beginning. You see Disney, Marvel, Star Wars, National Geographic, and Pixar. Mm-hmm. You know, they have those names in all of their advertising too. And it it does a really great job of helping you as a viewer navigate the platform Yes. in a way that I think Hulu hasn't figured out and Amazon hasn't figured out.
1: Have you ever tried Um, finding a Hulu original?
0: Yeah, it's nearly impossible.
1: Go all the way to the end. What are you doing? Or I go on Netflix and I was like, what was I just – where was the thing I was just watching? (laughs) And I got to search it up again. But you know what's even better about those five that you had just mentioned? Yeah. It's letting you know what's on this channel. Give my right. brother the long, and he goes, where are all the rated R movies? They're not, not here, here. on Hulu. Yeah. That's the platform they're going to be using, and thus they've done the whole bundle thing after being able to get a majority stake in Hulu, which mm-hmm. I am actually a fan of because as you were saying earlier, this is going to be so successful because give it to your kid. There's nothing yeah. on here that a kid can't really watch. I mean, even the bad stuff, they're taking away, or they're putting warnings on it, and they still have child protective stuff on here, uh, child locks and such, but having Disney, Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, National Geographic... It's letting you right away. It's advertisement. It's letting you know what they have on this. All the other stuff, they'll be on Hulu. All the other stuff, uh, sports things, ESPN. But this is what's what's the worst thing that they have on here? Rating wise
0: I mean, probably some of the Star Wars stuff. Like, I, I'd imagine the seat the some of the scenes in Rogue One are the scariest things oh, on the platform, or maybe Pirates of the Caribbean. They have
1: they got Secretariat, man. You know that the
0: Force I, I almost actually almost make it. I rewatched Endgame, and they say shit a lot more than I remembered in that movie. Really? Yeah.
1: It's the Mandela effect. <laughs> uh, oh, oh, two quick things I do want to mention. Uh, I love their shorts. I, As someone who's been watching a lot of shorts at film festivals and wondering mm-hmm. where is there going to be a place for shorts, you know? Yeah. Movies, you, you know right? what? We've o- that's a
0: great, that's a great, great point because Aww. none of the streaming platforms have really none. done a great job of none. integrizing shorts. Netflix kind of throws some short films in front of you, but yeah, it's really. still, they're, they're few and far between. Uh This, it really it's seems dope. like they're putting short films front and center. Maybe yes. that's because, you know, Pixar has been a big part of uh, yes. Disney's success, but regardless, I, I'm excited about that aspect of it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, should we just get into content a bit? Like what Let's stood go. out to you? Cause I know you watched a bunch of it. Oh, I I, I only watched a couple. I watched, uh, Noel and I watched Mandalorian. I watched Forky and ask a question. So, uh, what, what were your thoughts on the originals?
1: I'll lead up to the big one, obviously being Mandalorian. I'll start with literally the shortest one, the shorts. They are now, excuse me, also creating their own shorts. I think they're calling them spark shorts. For whatever reason, I think that's really interesting. Uh, Float was one of them. I don't know if you were able to catch that one. Not yet. What I really like about uh, how they're doing it is that they'll show you the short and then in the extras have an entire making of. Oh, very cool. Very cool. I am a sucker for that. Uh, Some of the other stuff that I really enjoyed going up to it. uh, The Pixar in real life, I think it's, it's kind of funny. It's like their own... Not, it's not sitcom. What am I looking for? Like, reality series? Mm. Kind of like a prank show that they got going on. I thought the Hero Project was... Uh, I really like that one. That one pretty much deals... The first episode is a girl who... I'm blanking on her name at the moment, but she, she was born without her left arm. So it was like how she has viewed the world and done things differently from the start that leads her to be a different kind of inventor that someone who has both arms would have they would have never had that upbringing. That that was a very interesting way to look at these stories. And again, that one's a series. And by the end of it, you know, like they, they, she has her own comic book. Um, very interesting. Noël, waste of time. Um, waste of time. Uh, wow, wow, what a waste of time.
0: I will say, if you were a person who watches Hallmark holiday movies, you will probably enjoy this one. Did you watch it? Yeah. You liked it. No.
1: Bro what was that ending What was the point I don't
0: I mean it's It's a It's a harmless G rated Christmas no, movie Right
1: no. Bill Bill Hader You're I in just the movie thought, I saw it And I clicked it Because of you Anna Kendrick's Relatively charming as she always is and everything but that's not yeah. the reason why I wanted to invest an hour and a half. Yo, I thought I thought Bill was going to have something bigger. He played Nick and the way it goes, uh it wasn't for me. World according to Jeff Goldblum, uh is just Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Walking around, I'm sure that'll treat some people. Like I said, I'm not a big fan of encore. Finishing high school music the musical the moment it's all finished. So we got really our final two. Lady Oh, actually no, we have three. The Imagineering one. I'll actually put at second. But the Imagineering the Imagining Story, have you seen this one? The series? No, not yet. This is my favorite thing on there, so I'm going to save it to the end. Okay. Lady and the Tramp, did you catch that one?
0: No, not yet. This is the live action remake, or sort of remake of the classic animated property. Um, Tessa Thompson, I believe, is the voice of Lady. I forget who's the voice of the Tramp.
1: It's actually Justin Thoreau, of all people. Uh, I don't know when you were watching it, but. Um... You know the whole argument that they've had for Lion King? Yeah, It's like, oh, it, it looks too realistic. There's, there's not right. enough emotions. Yo, they captured the emotions on these dogs. These dogs were doing more acting with their forehead than Dwayne The Rock Johnson was doing. <laughs> Yo, when I saw the eyes, I, it freaked me out. It, it took me out. It, it beautifully shot movie. It's still the same story. Um, all right. It was all right. But I loved that in the suggestion. What was there? The original. original. And we caught the original, and yo, when they say timeless classics, they're not lying. They cleaned it up. It looks beautiful on streaming, and it's all available there. And you know what happens as soon as you finish the original? You can get the original sequel, and then it's all the other stuff, and then it takes you directly to One Dalmatians. It takes you into a hole, just a streaming, binging hole. Yeah. And with that, I want to mention The Mandalorian, and I want to start off with something you and I both talked about uh, a couple weeks back. So glad weekly streaming is coming back. Yeah, so I, glad. I, the binge
0: model, which I loved for a bit, is but you said is it, getting,
1: you, it. It leaves things behind. It's like here is all of it's it. It's getting and now, what overwhelming. Are you talking about next
0: week? Yeah, you know, and it's overwhelming. At this point, there's there's ten hours, I believe, of that Paul Rudd Netflix show that. Just feels like it's gonna be really hard to get through. You need
1: to Paul Rudds to finish it. Like it's too, it's too much. Cause then uh, something else drops, and it's all ten episodes, and something else. It's like, wow, I can't get an appetizer of just a thirty minute and we'll do this every week. No, it's boom, and it demands a weekend. Shows used to the new show for the week used to just be its hour slot. Remember, and it would right. end, and you would be like, oh, how much time is there left? It's it's fifty five. Oh no, we only got five minutes, and I gotta wait another week. You don't have to wait another week anymore.
0: And I think this sort of revitalization or what have you of the weekly format through streaming is going to be good also for episodic content. You look at The Mandalorian and, you know, we're not going to get spoilers, but that's a show that had a great ending to its first episode. Mm-hmm. Something that probably wouldn't be discussed if there were eight more episodes of The Mandalorian right. to get through right now. Yeah. And now they have a full week of people talking
1: about, like, did you well, see sir, what happened at the end? That? Did you see
0: what happened at the end?
1: Yeah. You don't have that, and you have a reason for people to come back. I mean, there's several reasons. It's not to say that the binging model isn't appropriate for certain things, but for Mm -hmm. stuff like this where you want people to build it up, it's the perfect case. You made that exact point when you said, if there's a really good ending to episode four, why would that be the talk of the town when you have all ten episodes and you could just go talk about the finale?
0: Absolutely, I'm really enjoying, and this is obviously not Disney Plus, but I'm really enjoying getting uh, Watchmen week to week because it's a show that's, that's, that's so dense, mm-hmm. and I, I I'm enjoying just sitting with sixty minutes of it at a time. Yes. And if these shows are gonna be really good shows, then it'll be enjoyable to just sit with one episode per week rather than the Netflix model, which you know I, I think kind of makes these sh- these episodes blend together and it mm-hmm. it, it treat it makes it a little bit harder to even fully appreciate the show for yes. what it is because it comes it causes, and goes so quickly
1: it causes the height to dissipate that fast mm-hmm. and like we also said it's it's way better like you said having that reserved hour to just consume something in, in bite-sized things as opposed to here's all 10 it's not a night it's your weekend yeah <laughs> no it's not i gotta do other stuff all right? right but if you don't catch it now it's gonna go away well, ain't that your fault <laughs> you know it's like yeah. if you miss one of the things that drops, right? Elite 2 or all all these... Di- Elite, Stranger Things, the Paul Rudd show. There are so many shows. D- there's yeah. too many shows. I'm
0: still trying to catch all of Easy Season 3.
1: I'm trying to rewatch the whole thing because it's easy. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel you. Um, I don't know if you want to talk about anything in The Mandalorian because I really want to pitch you the imaginary story. Uh, what did you... Th- okay, so I, what,
0: my... I told you this on Facebook, uh, but my initial thoughts on the Mandalorian is this is the show that star Wars fans have been asking for. Mm -hmm. This is going to please a lot of the fanboys, a lot of the people who've been hoping for more of like an, an adulty kind of like gritty star Wars, practical Mm -hmm. action adventure. This is a a show that emphasizes the, uh, the sets and the, the, the makeup and costuming. And it's a show where it's, There's a, you know, it. There's a swagger to the story. You know, Mm. it's it's space pirates or something. I don't know. It's space bounty. Yeah, Yeah. it's
1: dope. You're dealing with the currency. You're really feel. You're sitting in this world. We're watching and Alina's like all these costumes, all these designs. How long have they been in the closet for? Right. Because these were characters in the older movies or or species in the older movies that were just chilling there on the side. And now you're going to be able to really get more into those worlds and how it all works. I think that's really cool, especially because it takes place in between the break, the 30 years that were in between. Um, It's exciting. As someone who's not a big Star Wars fan, I really like the atmosphere in it. I thought he was really cool. Uh, And for whatever reason, I guess that upgrade (laughs) that he had for the shoulder pad really worked because that man did not raise his hand. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah, I mean, you know, the show
0: is effective. I I do think the show is uh, going to hook Star Wars fans. I don't know if this is like the type of show that's going to be a phenomenon the way that Game of Thrones was or or, uh, Mad Men or Breaking Bad type of show because I don't think it's got... um, as much depth to its characters as those Mm -hmm. shows the, the investment here is really in the world building and they do a very good job in the world building. uh, And it's a world that a lot of people want to be immersed in. So I think in a lot of ways it's successful, but I'm curious to see how it will continue to develop from here because up until its last little bit, I kind of had no real interest in continuing with it. And now I'm still like, only mildly curious, but I, I don't feel like I know enough about what the show's trying to do to really mm-hmm. say what I like or dislike about it. I'm just kind of yeah. waiting for more.
1: Decent intro. Decent pilot. Uh, yeah. We'll see where it goes. Werner Herzog's in it. <laughs> I thought those yeah, comments. Yeah, which I love. The interview uh, that came out with it, I thought it yeah. was hilarious. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and I also like uh, Billy D. Williams. When he appeared, I always, growing up, and it's not that they look like really— or, uh, Carl, Carl Weathers, or I've always confused Billy. I've called Carl Weathers Apollo, <laughs> and I've called Billy D. Williams. Uh, um, what's his name? Lando. Yeah, and I would always say it was like, "No, I swear to you, Billy D. Williams is in Star Wars." They're like, "No, he's not." Turns out, I was just seeing in the future, man. Turns out, no, he's in Star Wars. What can I say? I guessed it a little bit early. The imagineering one. Yes. The first one is like an hour long. It's called "The Happiest Place on Earth." It's how they built Disneyland. From the from from the bottom up, hmm. bro. The footage yeah. they got, it's like watching Apollo Eleven, but for Disneyland. Like, how'd y'all have this clean footage of what was going on? And I mean, I'm a sucker for these stories of the Imagineering because uh, mm-hmm. you know that's what they call the people at Disneyland and Disney World who create these stuff. They call them yeah. the Imagineers, just like they don't call the employees who do anything employees. They call them cast members. It's also supposed to be a part of the. Um, I don't want to call it a facade, but a part of the you know the world building that he's got going on there. It yeah. is so intriguing. Uh, while we were watching it and seeing how they brought back all the footage, you know, very Criterion like, very film preservation like, you could tell that they've fixed it up a bit and they've done a fantastic job. But just the making of and the ups and downs that they had, how the opening day at Disneyland was so bad uh, and so hot, women's heels were getting stuck in the streets, like they were just going into the asphalt. Like people were riding some of the water rides and it was just sinking. Very intriguing. And this thing is a series. First episode's got a beginning, middle, and end. Beginning, middle, and... You know, like, some people are, like, Finding Francis is one of the best shows? Right. Top five documentaries for me. This episode. This episode alone. Alina was telling me that uh, Walt was a chronic smoker. I found this so intriguing. Walt was a chronic smoker. Smoking everywhere. But in all of his portraits, you don't really want him, like, smoking. Did you know about this? So they CGI'd out. No, I had no idea. They photoshopped out the cigarettes. So there's a bunch of pictures where my man's just doing this. It's wild. It's wild. It's so cool. I don't know. I find it intriguing. It's also probably evil because I don't know what they're doing behind the scenes. I've seen, uh, what was the Escape from Tomorrow? But, uh, yo, I highly, (laughs) highly recommend it. It's my favorite thing from the new stuff
0: awesome so yeah uh, there's a there's some interesting stuff on Disney plus not, necessar- not necessarily a lot of content there there yet but uh, it's going to continue to come out and we'll continue uh, to take a look at it as it un- unfolds let us know what you've been watching on Disney plus what you're excited about what you like what you dislike uh, leave us a question or comment down below on youtube or by emailing us intercutpod. at gmail.com to get it featured on the next show you can also reach out to us twitter facebook instagram our handle is at intercut pod that's at intercut pod that's short for podcast art uh let's get to our final segment it's the new to see where we give people the picks for the week what they should be watching on streaming in theaters and elsewhere what's your pick for the week
1: Uh, Well, besides the Imagineering one, which I just mentioned right there, uh, I haven't seen that many stuff in the theaters, so I'm going to stick with that, and I'm going to stick—oh, well, I guess I do have one for the theaters. Irishman. If it's playing near you, scope it out. Irishman at home, the Imagineering one if you're on Disney. I feel like we're going to—remember how we used to do theaters and streaming? Now we have to do right. in theaters, if available for you. <laughs> in theaters worldwide and <laughs> yeah. limited release. And in terms of streaming, we have the first platform. If we're just gonna go through platforms, <laughs> uh, for Disney Plus, I would recommend the Imaginary one. But on HBO, I caught the first episode of Watchmen. Okay. Alina looks at me, she's like, Yo, Is this a masterpiece? Like, this is a show, man. This is a I, show. I, I,
0: Yes. This is this is what episodic TV should be, in my opinion, especially in the year 2019, where we are so into IP. I'm so glad you caught it. Tell me what you think.
1: Honestly, I stopped it right away because I went to go. Well, I saw the first episode, but I stopped it there because I was like, no, no, no. You were telling me that the world itself, you're just scratching the surface of like the story. Yeah. But you know there's other things going on. Kind of like oh, yeah. uh, The Boys where you're like, oh, oh, this is the actual repercussions of what would happen if superheroes were a thing. It would become right. a business. It's kind of like in Ann Astro, one of my favorite aspects of the movie. My, my favorite aspect of the movie was like, of course there would be subways in the moon. Like that's yeah. – we would just whore out so and commercialize. Of course there's
0: Applebee's on the moon.
1: Of, co- of course there would be commercial and business to get up there. Uh, same thing here. So I went back, started reading the graphic novel, got it on Hoopla. If you, uh, you guys use Hoopla, <laughs> that's the best streaming service out there. Cause it's free with your library card. Um, I, I can't wait. I'm going to finish the, the book again, read the ultimate cut or the director's cut of the book, then watch the movie and then get onto the show. No, no, no. All then right. watch, then read the, the mini series, the before Watchmen mini series. And then I'm going to start the show. Um, This is a world, and what's so interesting is every single one, right, even Zack Snyder's that went more on the aesthetic style than anything, this one that people are claiming is more on the um, social issue side of it, and then the original, which, bro, the original literally has Rorschach saying, uh, well, if that guy and everything he did makes him a Nazi, then I guess I'm a Nazi as well. And then the last panel is the guy who told him that going, (laughs) yeah. It's like when people defended Ghostbusters and they said the original is a sanctified classic. I was like, the original has a ghost sucking. <laughs> oh, but there's a ghost blowjob in the original. Relax, yeah, but- T- take the ease off a bit. Um, I am excited for the show. Obviously, I like Damon Lindelof. I love Regina King. Yeah, love Regina King. Um, I I I kind of spoiled some of it because I read an interview about her. Uh, is she was talking about she doesn't want no one to cosplay she doesn't want anybody to cosplay as her uh, the costume that she has um, so I, I can't imagine where this is gonna go but it's so intriguing that every single version of it Alan Moore's like it should have ended with mine mm-hmm. <laughs> you know so it's weird it's I guess if we're talking about ownership and stuff like that and how things continue I guess as long as it gets into the hands of an artist who's telling a story
0: yeah best case scenario I mean,
1: I think Damon Lindelof
0: is somebody who thinks deeply about the content he's trying to create. And sometimes that can be, uh, you know, to his own disadvantage and maybe Uh he overthinks some things. This seems like a perfect mix of thinking deeply about something and it being uh, a piece of property or intellectual property that a lot of people are curious about and want to dive into. So I'm... Mm -hmm. I'm loving Watchmen so far. I'm excited to continue talking about this season. So uh, how was the new episode? Uh our girl Hong Chao shows up, bro. Yeah. Catch up with Watchmen.
1: right Catch up with Silicon Valley. The new season's pretty good too. (laughs) That's the other one I'll shout out. I love the new season. It's dealing with data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And listening in and stuff like that. What are your picks? Uh,
0: I got three, I got streaming, I got limited, and I got wide. So let's start with the streaming pick because I don't think we've discussed it since it dropped on Hulu. The Nightingale is out. Yes, it is. Uh, It is a very harrowing
1: movie Mm -hmm. that we saw at Sundance this year. We've talked about it several times on the podcast. I've been getting a lot of messages from people going, "Uh, so I finally caught that movie you recommended. Yeah. And they are yeah. mad. They're like, bro, not for the faint of heart. They're like, how could you? I was like, I yeah. did warn you. I did warn you.
0: I mean, I think this is a movie that takes the idea of a revenge thriller and takes it to its harshest extreme. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the feminist revenge thriller thrown into like a, a modern vert or, or like a, a more modern look at what the Australian outback when it was kind of like a Western, mm-hmm. uh, type of, uh, field uh, that that what that what that would actually constitute like the the harshness of that environment the unforgiving nature of trying to to go about getting this type of vengeance uh it's not a pleasant movie but it's a really immaculately directed one from jennifer kent the woman who brought us babadook i like it more yeah uh i'm i'm really really uh I need to catch it again because it's been a while and I'm hesitant to because it's not a pleasant movie to sit through but if that yeah. sounds like something that you can deal with Go uh, for it. Good probably pick. probably one of the most Good interesting yeah. movies of the year in limited release another film that's a bit harrowing uh, Marriage it's an Story emotion... nah
1: nah nah man <sighs> Waves that's right we're not getting Waves. it over here I thought we were going to get it this week and we didn't talk about it talk about uh, it
0: Waves is one of the movies that we loved out of Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's from Trey Edward Schultz who brought us uh, It Comes at Night and Cretia. He's a guy who has a very particular way of shooting his films that uh, it goes to kind of represent the emotional state of his characters. I think this movie does a really interesting job of really uh, depicting these kind of strong uncontrollable teenage emotions yes in a way that that's really just causes you to feel so much empathy for so many people it was a movie that i was stunned by i don't know if it's necessarily one of my uh one of the best movies of the year but it's so much movie and i i'm thinking about it so much uh, i really want to revisit it because it it blew us away when we saw it at toronto
1: i remember we were sitting right next to each other i just kept going yo Yo That soundtrack man <laughs> The soundtrack Uh, Yeah dude Like I said uh, and I agree with you May not be in the top 10 But I You can't stop thinking about it What do we keep saying Every single day we met each other We, we kept running into each other at TIFF Still thinking about I waves Still, think about still waves. thinking about waves I'm about to tweet that out Still thinking about waves Uh, I'm about to Yeah What's your yeah. other pick What's your final pick
0: Another one out of tip. believe this one is finally Please. going into wide release.
1: Ford v. Ferrari. I'll uh, take this it.
0: Is, this is a uh, racing movie about how some American upstarts took down the legendary mm-hmm. Ferrari racing team. Uh, and, but I think most of all, this is a movie star movie. You know, This is Matt Damon and Christian Bale being charming, being... Uh, really good at creating these characters you want to watch just in a process movie you know the way that I I know you're not as big of a fan of the Martian as I am but I think when the Martian really works is seeing just Matt Damon going about his routine flogging like I, yeah because he's a charming movie star and I want to see him talk and th- seeing the arguments that him and Christian Bale get into in this movie uh, in pursuit Christian. of for sure. In, in pursuit of this uh, of this goal. I mean, I just think it's a really fun film. I it, I think it's just going to be a good time at the movies. It's uncomplicated. So I, I highly recommend that one. This is the movie to take your dad to this year.
1: Well, if I find him, I'm going to take him to go see it in Dolby. I'm excited for it because you came out of TIFF watching this. Um, and you said it, you're like, yo, this is a solid movie. And you didn't see it like in Adobe or anything, did you? Nah, um...
0: I want to catch I, yeah, this I saw
1: bad Princess boy. Of Wales? I, I want to catch this bad boy. You remember, because uh, we keep saying it reminds us a lot of Rush or it's in the vicinity. Yeah. You know, we're talking about racing movies, bro. I want to be like Daniel Brule When he said, I want to feel it in my butt. I want to yeah. sit there and feel the car engines. I'm excited for that one.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, those are my picks for the week, uh, but that's about it for this week's show. That's if you can want more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterbox at Z Shevich. That's Z S H E V I C H, V as in Ford, V Ferrari. And check out my YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash Multiplex
1: Show Art. Where can people find more from you? You can find me at the A to Z show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube, as well as the Let Me Explain links uh, over on Letterboxd. I've been logging all of my stuff for the decade uh, as we get near to that. A very big binge list to go through. Oh, my goodness. I tried uh, compiling between comedies, thrillers, horrors. How how is it that – obviously, dramas I expected a lot out of. Like that list is just huge because I want to do it. We were talking about in categories. but Right there's too much it's too much you can find me there uh, but you can find me every week here on the intercut podcast
0: yeah you can listen to every episode of the intercut podcast on itunes on soundcloud on spotify on your favorite podcatcher i like overcast and then make sure you're, you're subscribed not just to the video cat pod not just to the audio podcast but to the video as well on our youtube channel youtube.com slash intercut pod where you can catch our bright smiling faces as we break down the latest in entertainment new episodes of intercut every friday please leave us a comment like the video consider heading over to itunes to leave us a five star review and like our facebook instagram and twitter pages all of them are at intercut pod to get updates throughout the week from me from art from all of our guests here on intercut thanks again for tuning in and until next time i have spoken
1: mandalorian yeah